Welcome to Fandoms, a show from every fan's point of view. Brought to you by the Nerd Initiative Network. Here's your hosts, Tony and Michael. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pooja's Picks. My name is Pooja, and we are so back. I'm so excited to be talking about movies again with all of you and to get into my weekly picks. So let's get into it right now. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is the book-to-film adaptation of Suzanne Collins' prequel novel of the same name, as it follows a young Coriolanus Snow tasked with mentoring Lucy Greybeard, a District 12 tribute forced to play in the Battle Royale games. Conflicting feelings are abound, forcing Snow to make difficult choices, ultimately leading to his rise to power. Fans of The Hunger Games have been looking forward to this film since 2020, and I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed it. You can currently read a full review of the film right now on nerdinitiative.com. Taika Waititi's Next Goal Wins is a biographical sports dramedy starring Michael Fassbender as Thomas Rongen, a Dutch-American football coach on the verge of being fired unless he takes on the impossible task of transforming the American Samoan national team into an elite team. This certainly feels like a fun time, especially for those who are fans of football, Ted Lasso, or even both. I cannot wait to watch this in theaters. Napoleon, directed by Ridley Scott and starring Joaquin Phoenix, follows the life of the iconic titular man and his rise to power alongside his relationship with Empress Josephine. While this definitely feels like it's been heavily sprinkled with the glamour of Hollywood, the film looks to be an interesting perspective on the ruthless and infamous leader, with full guarantee that Phoenix will conquer the screen. In celebration of their 100th anniversary, Disney's Wish arrives in theaters this Turkey Day weekend with Ariana DeBose, Chris Pine, Alan Tudyk, and so many more behind the voices of a new cast of characters. The film follows Asha, a young girl whose one wish is more powerful than any wish made before, leading to a cosmic star to join her on a magical adventure. The animation is absolutely gorgeous, and I think I can say for all of us that we have high hopes for a film intended to symbolize all the dreams Disney has encouraged us to chase for a century. Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, is the concert movie so many fans have been waiting for. And after the success of Taylor Swift's recent concert film, there's no telling the impact Beyonce will have on audiences. The film will of course show various performances on stage as well as moments of the Queen Bee herself discussing her process behind this hit world tour. If you're a part of the Beehive or if you're a casual fan that appreciates the Queen, then this is a must watch. Well, that's all that I have for this week. Be sure to tune in to the next episode of Fandoms. But right now, back to Tony. And welcome to Fandoms. Uh Happy Turkey Day. Um, you'll, you'll notice that I do not have Will next to me, who is filling in for Michael. I have Mickey, who is filling in for Will, who is filling in for Michael. Just a few minutes before we got started, uh, Will became really ill, um, which means somebody else made the deviled eggs. I'm pretty sure that's probably what it was, because um, that's one thing we don't do in our household. We don't we don't accept other people's deviled eggs. That's That's the biggest no-no.
Sorry, How are you doing, Mickey? Sorry, ladies, you got to look at this mug tonight. It's not Will, I know, but. <laughs> and I also just want to make an announcement because you don't see it, but you'll you'll notice as we're moving forward, uh, my hands may be a little bit more visible. Um, we have got Rich from the 3FN um, podcast, who is our Wrestling Night Live host. Um, he is the man in the chair. Um, he's gonna be taking care of us and um, navigating through. And I'm gonna I'm gonna admit fault if you were in the chat waiting. I think what happened was um, anytime I have to give something up, I forget. And so I think at the same time he was hitting stream, I may have hit the end stream. Um, so it's my fault. Um, I will deal with myself later. Um, but yeah, we're we are back. We are talking about. Um, movies tonight because why not? Uh, and just to explain a little bit, we do have a um, a tentative agreement with SAG-AFTRA, which means um, there has been a uh, a plan made to move forward for the next four years um, for the um, the entertainment, um, you know, the TV and theatrical contracts. This has not been ratified yet by the unions. And so um, just like it says down here in the ticker, um, if you are a SAG-AFTRA member, you have the opportunity to make your voice heard until December 5th. Um, if they do not get a majority, then it goes back to the drawing board. The strike mm. continues. And for many voice actors, and Mickey, you can speak in the, speak for this, um, many voice actors are a little bit concerned because the points that address AI and the tentative agreement doesn't really protect the voice artist. It only really focuses on the images um, of the actor. So yeah, is there it, really, you want to share? it really doesn't go far enough. Um, at least not with, you know, protecting people's voice likeness. It can be used for a multitude of things, uh, especially like when we're talking about like virtual reality stuff, um, VR stuff. That's where it really comes in heavily, I think, for a lot of voice actors, because you don't see faces, you just hear things usually. Um, it, I've just seen, you know, rumblings amongst some others saying, this just doesn't fly, man. Like, it's it's helping protect, like, someone's face from being, you know, digitally implanted on a body, but it's mm -hmm. not doing anything to protect someone You know, there's, there's a little bit, but not enough to really protect the voice, which is you know, a lot of our bread and butter. I mean, that's what, that's what we got, man. <laughs> and I will say, I, I, it's been very interesting. I, I brought with, it came to my attention first, um, watching videos by Ted Evans, one of my mm -hmm. mutuals, um, mm -hmm. on TikTok. He's a voice artist. Um, he is, or I should say voice actor. Um, he's also done some, some things. It was funny. I, I sent him uh, a picture on Instagram because someone was doing a TikTok live, one of the shop live events trying to sell uh, like displays mm -hmm. and the display was actually Ted Evans talking on a show. And so I sent it to him. He's like, Hey, that's me. But he's been very vocal about it. I think a lot of other vo voice um, over actors have been vocal. And one of the biggest concerns is that the leadership within Sagatra haven't really res been responding to them. Yeah. And so that's nothing against them. I, I get it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And for a lot of people, they, it's kind of like the collateral damage. You can never make an agreement that's good for everybody, but at the right. same time, talking through that, I, I think from what I understand, this contract would then require that the studios behave decently. Mm -hmm. And we know from the four months of the strike that doesn't exist. <laughs> no. So I get it. And Pooja, who's who's in here, um, who did a I love, I'm so glad 
Pooja's back to do the Pooja right. thing. Um, and articles like literally day one articles are coming out. Um, <laughs> she said it. I know I stand with it. And I, I as an initiative as a whole, um, you know, we have learned how to course correct if the strike continues because voice actors don't get their due. We're going to be right there with them. And we're not, yep. we're not upset. Do, am I enjoying talking about movies right now? Absolutely. Yes. But if it doesn't work out, then let's get back to the drawing board and let's make a, a deal for everyone. So um, now a couple things of housekeeping before we get started talking about the movies that we want to talk about. Um, let's go ahead and first talk about the Cheersies. Um, the Cheersies are an awards that are that are being done, headed up by the bullpen. Um, and of course, ODPH Ken. Um, this is an opportunity for you to vote on some of your favorite um, say, favorite publishers, um, writers, creators, um, and um, it's, 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 it's just exciting. This is the first time this is being done with Nerd Initiative. Um, you know, Ken has been doing a great job about bringing all of this stuff in and getting the bullpen together. And speaking of getting the bullpen together, if you've you know, not already scanned this, uh, this image, and of course, this this voting will be open until December 21st, um, and the cheersies will be on January 2nd. So you want to see your vote for who you think. Um, and what's great about it is it's not just Marvel, DC, and Image. There's Marvel, DC, Image, and there's a bunch of other creators um, and publishers that are being being recognized. Um, I know Grandma Chainsaw is one of the uh, the comic books that are that are nominated. There's been some other things as well, um, and so it's really an opportunity um like with distillery and everything else to like kind of like give your your voice on it so um feel free to do that and i'm looking forward to seeing that on january 2nd um but speaking of uh turn a page speaking of the bullpen um be sure to check out the latest episode of turn a page that was that dropped on wednesday um it was a special episode um with jeff johns and jason fabic um, the, the, the creators for ghost machine and kind of like really talked about the origin of ghost machine and everything else, which was, was awesome. And, um, you'll see the tagline in the image there. Um, uh, and it's also the title of the YouTube video. Um, we are all ghosts in the machine. And it was literally, it's, it's, it, the, the ghost machine was created based off of, um, the 1940s, uh, philosopher who taught, who did ghost in the machine, and was talking about how we are ghosts and, you know, the soul and the body are separate. It was very interesting. Um, and you could definitely see their passion behind that. And it was a good episode. Mind you, I, I, I got the chance to edit it. And um, it was just kind of fun seeing how um, you could tell for two creators, you had the entire bullpen team because they were super excited to talk to them. And if you know anything about Jeff John's work, and if you don't, go back, go watch the video, and you will absolutely know why you know, it's exciting to see that they're doing something new and they're doing something um, definitely uh, different and creative uh, with, with Ghost Machine. Um, and then um, after this show, we're not going to go super long, but Wrestling Night Live um, with Rich and Ken will be talking tonight. Um, they'll be going over, uh, you know, recent wrestling news and, and kind of like after shows and stuff like that. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um, and I'm loving seeing the QR codes being scanned by the <laughs> Um, which, which is great. I love, I love that people are engaging. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and definitely, definitely do that. Um, one more thing, because I always do this at the end. Um, I am contractually obligated at some point in this video to mention, um, the merch store and so, <laughs> lights on, uh, to keep things going, um, to make people still like me. Uh, we, we definitely want to make sure you guys know about the merch store 
And I do not expect anybody to scan this QR code right now because <laughs> that this doesn't happen. Um, but I, I'm contractually obligated to do it. It is an ongoing running thing. There we go. Thank you. That, I appreciate you. Now, listen, I, I never thought anybody would scan the QR code on here. I would never expect someone to buy anything tonight on the show never black friday deals do not exist we're already jumping into this low as we can <laughs> um, which is not at all and so by all means go check it out and we would appreciate that um but like i said mickey jumped in at the very last minute to be a part of this show we are not going to make this a very long long running show because um he is on loan um from his wife and family <laughs> um my family knows what they're signing up for oh thank you for another scan um, look at that. Um, but, but absolutely please. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to run through it. If you guys have something you want to talk about, you know, like want to mention, um, we are going to try to use spoiler free conversations about movies. So please, um, if you say anything spoiler in the, in the, in the chat, um, please don't do it. Also, if you're on YouTube, last thing, I promise we're going to be moving forward. Um, if you're on YouTube, super chats are engaged. Um, so you can, um, you know, do the super chat so that we know, um, that you, you know, what you're saying and what you're doing. And, um, yeah, we're not gonna, <laughs> I, I appreciate the excitement, but, um, we just, don't do advertisements on here. So. Just to go back real quick to yes. the cheersies and turn a page who are yes. just killing it in comic book content right now. Um, I went and voted today and like there are so many good titles. It's, gonna, it's really hard to choose just one. So I kind of a couple of times I just eeny, meeny, miny, mowed it because there's so many great nominees and I thought it was awesome. I had fun doing that. I just had fun voting, just remembering these awesome titles. Now, I will say this. I was a little salty that there wasn't one title in the <laughs> best debut but again, I didn't say anything because I've let let it be its thing. Um, I will say, regardless of whether it's in the the voting or not, if you haven't read the the, the at least the first issue of Beneath the Trees where nobody sees, oh yeah, um, it is such a <laughs> twisted, so wild, morbid, perfect for Halloween comic yeah. book. I absolutely love I love that one. Um, that was actually one of the grab bags, uh, comics that we got. Yeah. We were at New York comic con and I'm so glad it was in there. Um, it is, it, it was, it was interesting. Like it, I remember I, I was down there reading it and my wife and son came in my eight year old son and I had it closed and he's looking at it like, it's a, it's a cute looking yeah, looks cover until you realize it's dragging a body. And, and then like, my wife's like, is it that bad? And and then I opened up to the part where the, the it gets dark in, in, it gets in a little, little dark. cubes. And she's like, oh. <laughs> uh. So, but yes, the cheerseaders are absolutely awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on. Um, and there's been so many great comic books and so many great, like. It's been a great I, year for comics in general, in my opinion, just like. I've been blown away at how many like awesome debut titles and just yes. new, you know, running title titles there have been that have gotten better. It's I, we've been lucky. We've been very lucky as comics. And movies. the departure from superhero comics. Like I love super comics. And I, I I'm one of those people I will say, I do not believe that there is anything there, there is any sort of superhero fatigue. There is there is fatigue of poorly written things and oh, yeah. As much as I love Marvel and I love DC, though I'm sporting more Marvel than anything else, um, I think what happens is the big publishers have this issue where 
they're pushing out content and they're trying to do all these things and they do the same thing over and over again, yeah. which is something that's mentioned in the Jeff Johns interview yeah. um, that when somebody does something different, like beneath the trees or nobody sees grandma chainsaw, um, you know, uh, J jocks um, gone yeah. with distillery, which is not only, not only, I mean, I mean, just look at this. We're not even talking about, we're not even talking about movies yet, but that, that are just, visually stunning books and out of the conventional norm i mean it's just it's it is it is an artwork and i i feel like we're now living in a day and a time where comics as a medium can really be appreciated as something better than what we what we've we've enjoyed for a long time and Absolutely. if people want to know where the future of cinema and everything else as much as you know, Scorsese and a bunch of them, you know, complain about superhero films and comic book movies. It is the easiest genre to translate into a movie mm -hmm. because literally you've got panels upon panels for the different scenes of the stories. So by all means, um, it's one of those things. But let's go ahead and and start talking about um, about uh, movies. And uh, we started this in July with the strike. Um, so let's go ahead and go back a little bit. And, uh, let's say the first thing we want to talk about here is Paramount's and Nickelodeon's TMNT mutant mayhem. Um, I'm in the right place. Let's go. I, I knew, I knew you wanted to, in fact, <laughs> we were, we were supposed to have you on. Yeah, we were. <laughs> this is full circle, buddy. Like, it is. like this is, this is divine intervention. So, so Mickey was scheduled for. The fandoms episode that followed the release of Mutant Mayhem. That what was it Thursday? The strike yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the strike happened on that Thursday. Yeah. And then that Friday, we went forward with the whole we're not talking about movies yeah. and everything else. We did the, you know, we did the round robin about yeah. like like the strikes. And then it was, and Mickey was like, oh, and I was supposed to be on. That following Sunday with Mr. Snidbits on with the real study, we were just the two of us were gonna just sit and talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because he finally seen it. And so I made the announcement in the Discord about not talking about movies. And Snidbits reached, reached out to me. He's like, So I guess Sunday's off. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> rain check. <laughs> sheesh. So mutant mayhem. Boros, uh Boros. we're right back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Would you say one of your, your uh TikTok videos? It's Kismet. Yes. Um, so, so for, go ahead, Mickey, what is your, what is your opinion? What were your thoughts on mutant mayhem? Oh, my thoughts just fresh and, uh, new yet, you know, all these established characters, we make something new out of it and we give it, you know, we keep the heart of family, which has been one of my favorite themes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles throughout time, the brothers, Splinter, the father, and April too, is a part of that family and Casey and all of them. Mm -hmm. So it, it was good to see that theme held strongly, you know, at the center of this thing. And we got to see them as kids just being legit teenagers. I, I took both of my kids to see this and we just had so much fun watching them because you know, my son's 12. And I was like, I mean, that that's exactly what my kid would be doing. <laughs> Everything Michelangelo and Donatello are doing. I was like, that's my kids right there on the screen. Yeah. So it was good to see that relatable, you know, Teenage Mutant Turtles, you're like, how's that relatable? It's pretty relatable when you start talking about family. And now with the kids, 
you can kind of see them relate more to it, which was just awesome. It was a well-written story, as I would always assume with Seth Rogen. The guy's a great writer, great storyteller. Animation was really cool. Voice acting was great. Uh, I I would have loved to see more of the Mutanimals. They were each had little bit parts where some of them only had mm-hmm. like one line. And I was like, man, I, I would really like to see these characters fleshed out maybe in the, the next movie. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that was awesome. It, and I love that they set it up for, you know, more to come and it's only going to get bigger. And it, it feels like it's only going to get bigger and better from here. Like this was a good foundation for something huge. So yep. Yep. I, I had a ball watching it. I thought it was great and I can't wait for more. You know, it was, it, it was interesting. I, I think with, um, Michael Bay's TMNT and, you know, um, out of the shadows and you had the TMNT movie that was just recently released, um, on Netflix, uh, not, not even too long at, before this movie happened. Um, we got to see a whole lot of different, different world buildings you had. And I think this is kind of what, what kind of leads into a lot of people don't even think about this when they think of being a, a Ninja Turtles fan is that it's a comic book movie. Again, it's, it's a comic book movie. It's a comic yeah. book story. Um, I was surprised at some of the creative directions that they went with, you know, separating, you know, Baxter Stockman with the fly Superfly. Sure. Um, You had, you know, the younger Ninja Turtle, the, the origin for splinter, like, yes, like, interesting <laughs> splinter was more new yorker than he was ever yeah you know, and it worked it worked absolutely worked for the story and i love the fact that there was bare bones when it came to the kids they told them what to do and then they just let them they let them and then this is what kind of like spoke with me was they had these kids in the same room recording at the same time and they're looking at each other and feeding off of each yeah. other and they just had a blast um, I recently did an interview with uh, Lenore Zan. Uh, yeah, Lenore Zan for um, who was rogue and X-Men. And I asked when they first started, what did they do? And they were in a whole room doing it themselves. And then was able to, it was, it was help for them to build their relationships. But then like after, you know, season one started taking off, they kind of went off and they were in their own places, in their own homes. And I asked if she missed it. And for her, it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. But for this, I don't think it would. I don't think this film would have been as good with the dialogue between the within the brothers. Yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that they were present with each other talking. Absolutely. So, and uh, and the BTS references were just cracking me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My one beef would have been, and I, I brought it up with some friends, but it's not not huge. Was that when you mentioned the Splinter origin? Like, I always love that strong connection between Splinter and Shredder. Like you know yeah. their backstory that that was always something that w- appealed to me so it, it kind of sucks that you know that's not really going to be there but i know they'll make something great of it anyway it's just that was my one little bugaboo yeah you know i will i will agree like i remember um i as a kid discovered the Ninja turtles with the animated series that they first started doing and of course at that time you had you know, Arukasaki Shredder versus Amano Yoshi, who was Splinter. Um, he was around a a rat and he became a mutant yeah. rat, yeah. which worked which which made a lot of sense. But then, like in the um in the in the movie, I was a little surprised because because Splinter was the rat of Amato Yoshi and yeah. he learned under Sudalish, 
which was a separation, but they still gave that connection where, you know, Splinter had, had, you know, had, had cut, um, or had, had, had like uh, scratched Shredder and Shredder cut his ear. And so there was definitely this, this vendetta between the two. And I don't really think it's a big deal if they don't tend to go beyond maybe another movie, because of course, if you've seen the movie, you know, there's the hint toward the Shredder at the end. Right. Um, it may not be as impactful, but again, they may do something with this that we don't expect. Right. Um, and, and, and make it worth it. And I, I almost feel like what they're going to do is they're it's, it's not going to be so much the, 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 cause you're, you always think with the Ninja Turtles, the brothers were always fighting the vendetta of the father. Yes. It was always, it was always splinters vendetta. It was yes. always splinters vengeance. Um, and even in the comic books, if you go back and look at it, like there's even a part in, in the comics where splinter defeats shredder and becomes the head of the foot clan. Yeah. And they're starting to do things like and splinter realizes he can't always be good in order to keep the peace and, and to do what's right. And the brothers just can't back it. And they, 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 they get really, you know, at a point they have to go against their own father. And so you have this, this mentality, but they could really work it where it's never really been about splinter story. It's about the brother story. Yeah. And and that might be a good way of separating it. And it would be a fresh, it would be a fresh take on it. Absolutely a fresh take. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, absolutely love the soundtrack on that movie. That was that was probably one of my favorite things about it. Like the, you were you were kind of you were you were shaking your head to the bop of the of the music as you were going. <laughs> so definitely, definitely good. Um, any final thoughts? Uh on T on TMNT Mutant Mayhem. I hope that we get a good progression you know like you said they you know hint it towards splinter i mean i'm sorry shredder at the end mm-hmm. so i hope we get that good progression of the boys because they're gonna have to ramp it up we saw a montage get you know better and better and better at fighting but we know this is a whole nother thing so mm-hmm. i think obviously we're gonna see a kind of like uh uh, Infinity War ending where they lose, you know, yeah, and then and then in a third movie they'll have to come back and win. So I think they're on the right track. I trust that they'll take care of it and make the right choices. I honestly, and I, I I'm sorry if I'm right about this. Um, I think that the in order to give them stakes, um, it's probably going to be the brothers losing their most precious family member. Um, that's probably going to get them at that point. And I think that's maybe yeah. where they're going now. It is a more lighthearted film, so they may not even go that yeah. way. Um, because I mean, and, and I, I have to say this part, the whole milking scene, like the, <laughs> that, great. that joke, like they, you uh, know, with Seth Rogen, if they're going to do something like that, they're going to pay it off. Like it's yeah. absolutely, it was kind of like with the interview with the whole, uh, fireworks with Katy Perry. Like you knew that was going to play into something somehow. Yeah. You just didn't know it was going to be to that extent, but that was, that was definitely interesting. Uh, so absolutely. Um, so let's, let's talk about the next thing. And we, we really didn't get a, t- a chance to talk about this at all, but across the spider verse, oh, um, yeah. you know, that was a great film and we don't have to, we don't have to go into a full analysis for every single film. Yeah. Um, but if there was like any huge take that you got out of that, like what, what, what were your, what, what, what do you think overall? I mean, absolutely awesome. And I best part 
of the movie to me was the twist at the end where they're in the universe where Miles is Prowler. Yeah. And I was like, I want to shake somebody's hand because <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh man, that's, I know that's who that is. And then I was like, this is going to be so good. They just set up an amazing third movie. I can't wait because yeah. when this thread, this story thread arc gets tied up, I think it's going to be tremendous. So concern of mine about this, if you've watched the movie, that's great. If you see the movie, but there's always with what comes with movies, there's always a lot of talk about the process, talk about the motivation or what's going on. If you watch TikTok, you know, people like to have commentary on it. Yeah. Um, but there's been, there was, of course, since the actors really couldn't get involved with promoting a whole lot of stuff beyond, you know, the strike and everything. Um, there were a couple times where people who are writing or a part of the, the, the development of the film made comments and kind of spoiled something for the next film. Mm -hmm. um, did you, did you see anything about like what the miles of earth of earth 42's intentions are? I don't think I saw it. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. Maybe I, so they want you to think he's a bad guy at the end of the film. I'm just going to say it that way. Right. Okay. You know, um, but I, I kind of am getting concerned with people like talking through and explaining things. Um, it's fine. Like with guardians volume three, uh, James Gunn confirming that the high evolutionary is still alive and he's captured on nowhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. That adds to a question of well, what's next for this character. Mm -hmm. And we actually had a villain who, you know, didn't get killed off yeah. by the end of the, of the third act. Like, what is this? Um, <laughs> but when you have like, especially this is a cliffhanger, which is like promoting the, the, the film that's going to come leaving, like leaving something open is the best way to go because it lets people talk instead yeah. of, you know, instead of like giving people like a whole bunch of, I, I don't know. I don't know. My opinion <laughs> is it's like, don't tell people too much about the next film. Like oh, that's yeah, the whole thing. I, I always go back to James Gunn. Um, volume one, James Gunn said that there is a huge Easter egg. There was always a joke about I'll pay a million dollars for whoever actually, you know, discovers the final Easter egg. And there are people who spent, not including me, I'm, I'm not going to, I, I, I did, um, but would spend way too much time going through the Easter eggs of the film. And then even in the second film and someone before volume three said, Hey, could you at least let us give us a hint toward the final Easter egg? And he goes, I can't. Because if I do, it's going to spoil parts of volume three. And I don't want to do that. And I respect that. Yeah. I love that he like confirms and he like, he clarifies things, but if it leads to a spoiler, he's like, no, like I'm, that's part of the fun of it. Don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see. Nothing. I like Ken's here. One of the best anime. For it, yeah, and it absolutely is. I, I absolutely love that film. It, the, was, the, it, was, it was great. The first was, you know, kind of revolutionized animation in a way. Yeah. Or at least animated films going forward because you saw everyone trying to copy that style. TMNT included. And yeah, yeah it kind of changed the game. It really changed the way people were writing those stories about, you know, that that generation, the younger kids like Miles' mm -hmm. age and the Turtles' age and I, I think that started something and it's only gotten better from there. And it's only going to get better as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah. And you know, even, even farther back, you, you, you mentioned um, like mute mayhem, but like uh, last year we had Wendell, Wendell and wild um, yeah. with key and peel. And yeah. even though it was more in the, the realm of, of um, like stop motion looking, which I think is where mute mayhem kind of led into it. That was very much inspired by that where the, where the tones changed and the style changed. Mm-hmm. And um it's, it's being more willing. Even if you look at like Miss Marvel, I think kind yes. of the, the concept of allowing comic book to be comic book. And when you had the Miss Marvel series and you had like things showing up on the neon signs and in the graffiti, I mean, that was inspired. Yes. I think it's, <laughs> it's allowing for a new level of storytelling and allowing narration. Like, I, I just can't wait till one day we get to a point where we're talking about something and, you know, someone's, someone's going to reference something. And instead of saying, oh, you need to watch all, you know, you know, 20 something Marvel movies or however many series um, it'll say, see winter soldier, you know, <laughs> yeah. like 30 minutes, 27 seconds. Like that would yeah. be hilarious. Like having little asterisks. I think we need to get to that point, you know, have a little um, pop, like a pop-up video when you watch a, a Marvel movie or TV. Yes. Cause imagine this. You're like, People complain so much. People, oh, popped up, pop this would be so awesome. <laughs> like, we need to do that here if they don't. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, so imagine like Age of Ultron would be infinitely better <laughs> if right after Helen show is being picked up and she's okay, and Steve's like, I'm gonna go after him, and it says five minutes later <laughs> on the whole like soul chase, like, uh, yeah. like giving like an idea of time because I mean. Let's just face it, and I'm going to say this: the Marvels. I love the Marvels, but there was one thing that just like completely caught me off guard. Um, they they incorporate the jump points from Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think they explain it really well, give yeah. it more flesh, um, and they make it a whole plot point in itself. But you've got Miss Marvel, however far away, at this one place where the bad guy is. Carol Danvers is on Earth. And within three minutes, Carol Danvers is flying through space and going through the entrance of the ship to punch for the bad guy in like for three minutes of dialogue. I love it, but it's like the 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 concept of time is just it's 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 just completely gone. It's oh, it's yeah. so funny. So um yeah, I mean Cross Spider-Verse was great. Um we'll let's let's go and talk about the one thing that I think we'll probably spend more time on because I okay. think we both mutually watched it um we both mutually kind of feel um some sort of way i've seen your videos um that's loki season two. Oh yeah loki oh, yeah. season two i believe is the last season it's it, they're, they're not going to do anything more this was the end of the series um this what i think was so funny is season one was in phase four mm-hmm. it led all to this and of course after season one you have all of this multiversal talking, mm-hmm. um, all this multiversal introduction. You're thinking, oh, this is all because of what Loki and Sylvie did in season one. And you go back and see season two and you realize you had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> like, I know like like uh, that nerd Tara and all of us, we, we were going back and forth in the discords and on DMs and everything else. Like this is what the multiverse means and this is what... And like, I absolutely have a better understanding of it now, Yeah, but we were so, we, we, they, they, they let us on like big time, (laughs) big time. For sure. It it was, it was, it felt like, uh, man, to put it in plain words, 
at least season two felt like watching poetry unfold on screen to me like yep just oh man so many like things coming full circle and so many lessons learned and so much like philosophical stuff going on and just visual imagery that just i don't know man like i i remember almost every episode of season two so usually when i watch something you know episodes over i'm on to the next thing right like okay well what else is on almost every episode i just sat there and like soaked in the juices of whatever i just watched yeah because i'm just sitting there like listening to the credits the ost on the credits and just thinking to myself like what does all this mean what is happening here this is amazing well, you know, what am I doing with my life? What is, <laughs> how does this relate to me? And then after the finale, I, I seriously sat there probably like 30 minutes, just like, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> uh, it really, it, it gets in your head. I mean, if you're paying attention, it, it, it just, it left an imprint on me. I'm sure not everybody's like that, but there's certain shows that do that where I just, it leaves an imprint on me. Breaking Bad kind of left me the same way. It's just like, oh man, I don't know. This is, I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jan's in the, in the comments. She said that everyone loved it so much, but she had mixed feelings about Loki. I completely understand that. It's one of those things where, you know, regardless of how anybody, I want to say this, regardless of how anybody feels about these movies and shows, if you didn't like it for certain reasons, that's okay. And yeah. we always want to support that. We never want it to be because of, you know, unfounded, unbiased, yeah. you know, misogyny, racism, things like that. But it's okay if like, Cause, cause again, like, like I enjoyed season one, but it wasn't until I started listening to other people talking. Like I realized like, cause my thought was the whole Sylvie Loki um, relationship thing. I was like, Oh, that makes perfect sense. Who better to love Loki than himself? Like right. that's, that's where I got like, that right. is 100% absolutely. But a lot of people were upset about that. Um, and I realized like they were, they were thinking about the motivations of everything else and, you know, that's where we got the, the coin, you know, the coin term self cessed and stuff. <laughs> it's just like, okay. Um, they, it, it, it's uh -huh. kind of like pulling in Dennis Robin a little bit, but you have this, this, this concept of, you know, he was looking for something in her. And then you find out because he was looking for redemption and he thought if he could get her to change her opinion, that he would be different. And he didn't realize that the, the change was already in himself. And so season two, what I thought was really interesting about it was the fact that he, he didn't care anymore about what everybody else thought. I think that scene when you had the one, um, um, the, the one, the one guy who was off living his own life and being a movie star. Yeah. And he was like, he was like throwing shade at, at Loki the whole time. And, and Loki's just chasing him and Loki's like, yeah, I'll be what you want me to be. That's okay. Because it didn't change who Loki really was. But Loki was still trying to understand what he needed. He he still thought there was a way for nobody to sacrifice themselves. Yeah, and yeah. And, he, and, and all he was thinking about, and this is where it was, he was all the the whole time he was thinking either somebody else has to sacrifice himself or we do this without any loss of life. Because he was all all he was thinking was he keeps getting approached with this approach with this idea that if he kills Sylvie, then it all goes right. Which was wrong, right? That's not what that's not what was intended, right? Um, and it was this moment where he realized he had to think a, a beyond what the plan was because he, at that moment when he finally came to the realization, I'm not going to do any of it. I'm not going to do any of it the way it's intended. I'm going to give 
a chance. There's no guaranteed freedom. Let's just give them a chance and let's see how long it was. But that self-sacrifice at the end meant so much. And again, I hope I see him in Secret Wars. Yeah. Um, and the the self-sacrifice means even more in this this way to me because you're not dying. You're just spending the rest of eternity alone. Like, think about that. Like, you know, yeah, it sucks to die, but, you know, that's the end. You don't have to do anything else. It's done. This guy has to sit there and just sit there and yeah. <laughs> watch it everyone is. else be happy, which, you know, that... So I, think of, I think of Atlas. <laughs> I think of Atlas in Greek mythology, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's just sitting there with the world. And the world. Yeah. This is the most Marvel version of Atlas that you can get. Well, like, I like it, what uh, I like what Ken said. Atlas. What, I like what Ken said. The most of very um, uh, American Doctor Who. <laughs> I was like, that's how I oh, felt yeah. watching the whole second season. I was just like, man, this is totally Doctor Who. Like, I'd get the same emotions from watching those big moments in Doctor Who that I got watching Loki. Well, yeah, someone and I'm I'm. I, I was terrified of Doctor Who as a kid, and so it's been slow coming. <laughs> I will watch the the videos on TikTok, and I and I'm like, I'm kind of getting close to watching Doctor Who. But when someone somebody asked me like, how would I best describe Loki? And I said, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. I mean, that's yeah. the, that's yeah. the best way to to describe it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, absolutely. I I think some of it was a little bit too much. Like there's there, but there's so many things you can analyze. Um, who pruned Loki? Why did Loki do it? What was he looking at? What you know? And you could almost tell, like, I almost wonder that scene where 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 he's being pruned and Sylvie has that look on her face. It wasn't because he was pruned in front of her. It was because of the face he made before he was pruned, because it's kind of <laughs> like this. He had this love lorn, like long lost, like there you are type look. Yeah. And the other one's like, I'll explain it later. And it was it was <laughs> perfect. Like you could see. Even from that first episode, the progression of his of his development, he was never looking for a relation with her again. It was it was more of I still care about this person, I still want to do right by this person, but I still can't trust this person. Yeah. And so, like it was it was it was a great it was a great to see him kind of go and and come full circle. Um, and I didn't know about the shoe choice for for his final outfit. I loved oh. it. <laughs> I saw a lot of people ragging on it. And I'm like, man, I want a pair of those shoes. <laughs> right? I would rock them, man. I, that whole suit, I was like, dude, if if I ever if I'm ever gonna cosplay again, like I would love to just do that because he looks so badass, in my opinion. Yeah, and comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Some loafers, man. I was like, yes, this is I mean, if you're gonna spend all of eternity on a throne, I mean the, loafers. The finest <laughs> as guardian slippers. <laughs> And the horns, man, like, oh, yeah, we were, I was sitting there, you know, me and my wife watched the whole show. She's a big Loki fan, as most of the ladies are. And uh, that whole time when like that's happening, she was just like, I could I looked over at her face and she was just like, holy crap. <laughs> and I was like, right. He looks so cool. No, you know, it was a good mix between MCM, MCU Loki and comics Loki. Yeah. And I almost feel like he kind of did it as a way to pay homage to the Loki that sacrificed himself to the Lyoth at the end of, of season one. Mm -hmm. um, Cause he was, he was more, he was the comic book accurate one, but it was more, it was more organic. It was, you know, definitely closer. And it was kind of like him kind of being that style. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely, I absolutely loved it. The only problem is it's like Thor doesn't know. I know. Thor doesn't know. Like, I know. 
maybe maybe in secret wars like i okay so so i don't know if you ever read the last secret wars run um uh secret wars in like 2014 2015 mm-hmm. um the whole idea was and, and this is where this is where i feel like the mcu is going um the big the big term before secret wars 2014 i think was convergence and um and 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 the um the the incursions because what was happening was there were there were 616 meddled enough into the multiverse that the fabric and and again this would be something i'm not going to say what it is but this is a good reference to what happened in the marvels um that the fabric of space-time is being broken and you have all these worlds. Clea said it to Doctor Strange at the end of Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. It was mentioned multiple times on I think it was I think it was Earth 838 with um um with uh with that version of um you know his love interest. Mm-hmm. And it was this whole idea that when you mess and you cross in the multiverses, these these universes will collapse in on themselves, which sounds a lot like what Loki was mentioning about the multiversal yeah. war. Um, because here's the thing. If you think about it, what was causing all of the timelines to be destroyed in, in Loki, but the fact that there were so many, so many incursions where yeah. the 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 characters were crossing the timelines and they were mm-hmm. they were they were blending into the multiverse and destroying things, and so they were all collapsing into themselves. So they were all dying, mm-hmm. and you have this you have this um this this guy who thinks he can control it all, and what I really feel like is going to happen is either the Kings are going to get involved or just by the meddling themselves, all of the universes are going to start falling into themselves. And the God of stories now, you know, is going to grab as many people from the mold, the dying timelines to bring them together to one timeline to find a way to fix it all. Yeah. And whereas it was like God doom in the comic books, I feel like Loki's going to be the one and either we're going to see him still be the hero or we might see him as another version of the villain and i, I just kind of feel like that's where we're going that's where it's always been you've cool. got quantum bands quantum bracelets um the 10 rings which are absolutely yeah. another version of the quantum bands mm-hmm. and you've got all of this going on it's 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 gonna be a big mess so. <laughs> who knows man it's gonna be fun i can talk about it forever <laughs> oh man but um but yeah hopefully we will see tom hiddleston again I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Like he. I would just like to see uh, Thor or Odin or somebody just be like, proud of you, man. Good job. <laughs> or Frigga. Yeah. Oh, that would be, uh, man. Oh. Be a lot of. I think that might be the most heartbreaking one. <laughs> like, because because remember, in his timeline, she was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you that's part of the reason why he he did what he did. Like maybe I can there there's a there's a timeline where she doesn't she doesn't die, and you know, yeah. And and the fact that he could see everything, like I wonder how he'll blend into the Watcher, because I feel like he's kind of taking that role. Somebody, uh, I saw a TikTok on this uh, where they're talking about the new season of What If the multiversal walls look like green and blue as opposed to they were like purple and green so like you could the transition from king to loki as the keeper of the multiverse sort of that'd be cool i know (laughs) all right now i did advertise on here we we talked a little bit about the marvels we're not gonna do a whole lot because mickey hasn't seen it yet 
nor have we talked about the Battle of Songbirds and Snakes. Pooja mentioned that. Uh, I'm yeah. just going to say, I have seen both of them. Um, if you haven't watched The Hunger Games, watch them first. I'm just going to be honest. Mm-hmm. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is a great film, and Olivia Rodrigo does a fantastic job I figure she um, <laughs> as L- Lucy Graybard. Um, but I will say you will feel some sort of way if you watch the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes and then watch The Hunger Games because this is a prequel to Coraline the Sto- Snow. Yeah. Um, the villain, one of the villains of the story. And what's so funny, I've seen videos where people are like, they're like in the mirror, like like beating themselves up against the wall because even though they know Coraline the Snow is the, is the devil incarnate, they were like, swinging their feet and enjoying like <laughs> seeing him get his just like well like i've seen the the original one like the original yeah. i forget was it a trillogy or trilogy. more i can't remember well it was it was a, it was it was four, right? a trilogy but mocking the mocking jay was two it was part, yeah, yeah, one, yeah. part two so when i saw the trailer for this i didn't realize at first who that was until i, I was like i know that name but who and then it hit me i was like oh man that's like that's the president or whatever he is and i was like this movie's not going to end well <laughs> is what I oh, thought. Yeah. Myself. I was like, this is not going to go well at all. <laughs> no. And, yeah. and what's, what's funny is my wife and I have this thing where we, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll choose a book series when we, when we really feel compelled and we will compete to see who can read it first. She, I, I might say willingly that she does kind of beat me to this because she's more into it especially now she reads a whole lot more than i do like if it doesn't have pictures in it i'm not i'm normally not reading it as much but it's comic books we you know it's how we live (laughs) um but when we when when ballad of songbirds and snakes came out we watched that film or we, we we read that book and i was impressed because the game the gamekeeper is sadistic and twisted yeah and you can tell if you ever watch the hunger games Coraline the snow always looks at the gamekeepers as like disappointments <laughs> absolute disappointments except for i i forget his name but it's the one that william uh william seymour hoffman, uh, hoffman yeah. played at the end yeah like he just he just like completely became a traitor to, to snow yeah but he was the closest if you watch like the way he did things, Snow seemed to approve in Mockingjay Part One, until you found out that he was he was a turncoat and he mm-hmm. you know went over. Um, but Viola Davis plays the gamekeeper in in in, in Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and is twisted, sadistic, <laughs> and evil. And you know that she is one hundred percent the reason why Snow becomes the person that he is. And that is the best part about the film. Yes, Lucy Graybeard. Like Olivia Rodrigo sings her lungs out, and the I mean, seeing the music in the books come to life on the screen is amazing, and seeing how she did that and embodying Lucy Graybard. But Viola Davis is by far the best part of this film, I believe, it. and you don't think about it at first until the more you realize it's all because of her, it's mm-hmm. all like she is the motivation behind like a, a lot of how he is and what he does hmm. and even even the whole like he becomes president we know that 
Yeah. But he plays he 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 runs the country of Pan Am like her character runs a game. Ah. Uh, and that's the best way to describe it. I got you. Oh, Rachel Ziegler. I'm so sorry. I keep saying Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Thank you, Jan. I appreciate it. So for those of you who tuned out, you know, because I was saying things wrong. Yes, Rachel, <laughs> I really appreciate you. Jan on top of it. Olivia, oh wait. Rachel Singler, Olivia sings the song. Oh, okay. So Olivia Rodrigo does the song, I guess. Like sings for her as her voice, maybe. Okay. I have to look that up. Hold on. That makes sense. Um, but if you definitely read the book, like I, I think Pooja does a great job of explaining. So Rachel Ziegler, Rachel Ziegler sings. She's the one that sings. So I was saying Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo is the one who played um, Wednesday Adams, isn't she? Mm-mm. I think you know what happens. I think I think I I mentioned her name because that was I've Jenna Ortega. Any videos right now about the Scream Seven falling apart? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that is a disaster. Oh my goodness. Spyglass, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, any upcoming movies that you're looking forward to? Uh, shoot. Man, I just went to watch Napoleon, and I can't remember any of the trailers that were out there. <laughs> no. No, I guess not then, because nothing's really caught my eye. That that uh I will I will say I just saw this in the trailers for so if you watch Ballard Sunbirds of Snakes or the Marvels, you'll see the trailer usually in both of them. Um The Fall Guy. Um The Fall like the old TV show. So it's it's got Emily Blunt and what's his face? He played Ken in Barbie. Ryan um, um. Ryan Gosling, right? Right, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a stunt man. She's the director. Um, yeah, that's the whole stunt, Yeah, he's a stunt guy for 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 the for the star of the of the movie. He goes to find him because he disappears, and I guess he's dead. And so everybody thinks that the stunt man is the guy that they're all after, and he's like in with all these mob bosses or whatever. And so they're literally trying to hunt, um, like hunt him down, and he does uses all of his stunt abilities to fight these guys and it just yeah. looks dumb and fun <laughs> and it's 100% cheesy. The old um, 80s show with Lee Majors, the fall guy. That was like when I was a kid, I worshiped that show. Like I I don't know why, like it's not like a kid show in any way, but I I think it was his truck that he drove like was so cool to me when I was a kid. So, I would watch that show every time it would come on. It was a big deal. So, yeah, I guess I'm excited for the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Um, by the way, thank you, Pooja. Uh, now I feel like I was a little bit more accurate, even though I wasn't at all, um, that Olivia Rodrigo sings the last song. Um, I, I was getting things messed up. Um, what about Aquaman and the Last Kingdom? Um, no. The, the lack of Amber Heard <laughs> was very interesting in that movie. I think there was one scene where she was trying to break out of something. but Yeah. Uh, um, that was that was a trailer at Napoleon, and I was just like – and it was the same trailer I'd seen, though, but I was like, man, I every trailer I, – I, I think the more I see the trailer, the less I want to watch it. Yeah, it's kind of funny because like I, I feel like Jason Momoa was like convinced that this is the last time he'll be playing this character. And so he's just gonna have fun with it. And yeah. so he's like over the top a lot of the film. Yeah. I think if it's more like a brother bonding film, I, I, I could be behind it. Yeah. Um, 
Black Manta looks really good. That's the bit. Like that's the only thing that I'm like I really want to see him because the Dark Trident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Ferrari. That's kind of more artsy, but that was a movie that I had saw a trailer for that looked amazing with Adam Driver in it. Okay. Yeah. I'm just glad that I was able to go to a movie and not see another trailer for that Gran Turismo movie. Oh like, yeah. That, that thing was <laughs> getting on my nerves. Uh, so so many. So many trailers for that. <laughs> oh, and the Iron Claw. I guess I'm getting off of the 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 nerd bandwagon here and kind of in like the more like uh no no, it's fine. Independent films, but Iron Claw, if you're a wrestling fan, that movie's gonna blow you away. I just know it is. I got some promos about that. Um they had a they had a screening of it in New York, and I'm like, I'd love to go if I was like not six hours away from it. <laughs> Dude, it's gonna be so good. I'm I don't want to hype it up too much and then and not meet expectations, but I, I really feel like it may be like one of the best movies of the year when it comes out. Oh yeah. 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 Now we didn't talk about five nights at Freddy's. Um, that was one of the things we, you know, I, I put on the promo, but we don't have to, uh, definitely it was, I think it was better received than that it was intended. I know some people complained about it. Um, but we'll say that for maybe another time or maybe a, a, a small video. We'll, yeah. we could break it down. Maybe it's a good, did you know, you know, Maybe. topic at some point. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was, I had to mention it because we were talking about Hunger Games and Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And of course, that's where Josh Hutcherson got his big, big break um, yeah. after Zathura and Bridge of Terabithia, which nobody remembers. Oh, um, man. Heartbreaking movie there. Which one? Bridge of Terabithia? Bridge of Terabithia. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, well, I was going to say Zathura yet, too, because yeah. you, you kind of yeah. got sad from having to watch it. Um, but yeah, um, definitely lots of stuff. To, oh, okay. Pooja's also mentioning uh, color, color purple. purple. I forgot they were remaking that. Dang. And Saltburn. I haven't seen Saltburn, but I've heard amazing things. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna have to definitely do this. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, we'll be able to talk about it again. Again, it might, might be a while, depending Maybe. on we'll what see. happens with the uh, the vote. But at the same time, you know. There's the movies are always talkable. Now I'm going to say this. I don't have a promo for it. Um, a QR code, but if you, um, don't know, Mickey does other things. One of those things is the real study and real study is on season three. I believe, mm -hmm. um, they will be back this Sunday, right? You guys Correct. Yep. Yeah. So, so check them out on the real study. Barbenheimer uh, episode. Channel. What's Barben that? The Barbenheimer episode. Barbenheimer. Oh, <laughs> nice. Don't miss it. Yeah, and speaking of Barbenheimer, that's actually going to be a thing now. Yeah, <laughs> you know what it's going to be? It's going to be the it's going to be the next Sharknado. Oh man, <laughs> bring it on! <laughs> well, just a quick rundown again. Please remember to check out the Cheersies. Oh, first of all, let's with the contact down. Let's let's go. The First of all, the cheersies. Uh, make sure you do your voting for the for your 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 top thing. Rich is which Rich is laughing at me right now. Um, <laughs> so uh, voting is open now until December twenty first, um, and then we will be doing the show uh, with Turner Page, I believe, on January second. So be sure to check that out. Uh, more information to come. Um, also, after this episode, you'll be able to check out Wrestling Night Live. Wrestling Night Live will be talking about all the things in professional wrestling that you will enjoy and love. And um, it, it's making me. The more I see this the show, the more I actually want to know what they're talking about. I I was a I was a WCW wrestling fan um, most of my teenage years. 
um, from the advent of the NWO um, until probably the early 2000s. Um, and yeah, yeah, I've missed it, uh, but it's interesting. And especially with all the stuff you see going on with like Vince McMahon and stuff like that now. Um, so with AEW and uh, was it uh, AEW and TBN, not TBN, um, TNA and a bunch of stuff like that. So definitely, definitely check that out if you're interested. Uh, starting at 10 p.m. Thank you for that. Um, after uh, we're previewing, oh, previewing Survivor Series. Series. It's nice. going to be good pay-per-view. Nice. Um, so be sure to check out Rich and um, and Ken then for that. Um, also, Wednesday uh, Wednesdays are New Comic Book Day um, at your local comic book shops. And be sure to check out the Nerd Initiative articles on New Comic Book Day every week. Um, we're, we have the bullpen team that are working their butts off, not only to interview amazing people like Jeff Johns and, um, and Jason Fabic, but also, uh, going through previewing the comic books, telling you what they love. I don't have a link for this as well, but also you can usually check out at the beginning of the week, comic concierge, um, does a top 10 of the most anticipated comic books for the week. Um, so not only can you get excited for them, but then you can also find out what's going on with them and enjoy them. Um, and with that said, just to keep on the lights one more time, uh, first of all, contact page. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, the merchandise. <laughs> and then finally the contact page, Rich is I'm wearing him out. Um, <laughs> be sure to, 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 uh, to check us out on the contact page. If you'd like to be part of our newsletter, um, where we talk about recent giveaways and things like that, which in fact, speaking of which I oh, yeah. don't know if there's still time, but there might be, there's still, go check out the nerd initiative, Instagram page. There is there well there has been a a giveaway running to get a signed um picture Dave. of Drax aka Dave Batista yep. um from Guardians of the Galaxy volumes one two and three. Don't miss it. Go go do it right now. Now I think I've done pretty good going through all of this. Um, with that said, yes, keep the lights on. I'm contractually <laughs> obligated. I fulfilled my obligations. I can go home and go to bed and kiss my wife. There you go, Nerd Initiative merch. Um, you can definitely catch those things. And um, I, just for whatever reason, I'm going to say this real quick. If, you, if you've if you ever noticed that I have this really cool picture behind me, um, the amazing team of Nerd Initiative got this together, but it's an art done by Sammy Bell, and it's actually um, Batman as a Nerd Initiative character, which I absolutely love. Um, and so uh, if you check out Sammy Bell on um, on like TikTok, and TikTok, I believe Instagram. Instagram yeah. We would love, we would love you to see her work. She does great artwork. Stuff. She was on a live once, doing a Straw Hat Luffy, um, like just digital piece that she was working on. It was amazing, <laughs> like absolutely amazing. And we're trying to do some upda updated stuff for the website where we have menus with images. She did like a Deadpool um nerd oh, initiative man. character and she's got oh, one man. Batman. like I'm excited. I'm excited yes. to see what she does. Um, <laughs> she's been amazing and um. Be sure to check out all the amazing people um, with within Nerd Initiative. And if you would like to be a part of Nerd Initiative, you can also reach us on that contact that, that contact link um, and just put in that you're interested. Now, I will say this: um, if you're just going to cold call us and reach out to us and say, "Hey, I'd like to write for you guys," that's not persuasive. What you've got to do is you've got to be able to show that you make good content and that you have a good good head on your shoulders, which means you're positive, you're supportive, you're 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 accurate with your information. We don't look at follower numbers, but we do have to look at a consistent content. So if you're interested, shoot us information. 
Um, shoot us some, uh, shoot us your links for your social medias, and hopefully we can get we can reach out to you. But we have lots of cool stuff coming. Um, we're trying to get into a whole bunch of things, and uh, again, even though it's not represented in what we're doing right now, um, we want to touch on every facet of fandoms that possible. Um, so be sure to check those things out, including our Hall of Armor short series, our Mickey's Did You Know, uh, Pooja's Picks, um, all of those things you can find on our Nerd Initiative YouTube as well as on our TikToks, um, and we would love to see you there. With that said, um, this has been an episode of Fandoms. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful night, and we will catch you all later.